Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast in partnership with Ascension. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James, and every week I am joined by two of my dearest friends ever, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. What you're going to find is we're three normal women who are on the journey, who laugh, we cry, we have all kinds of adventures, and our heart is to share our love of Christ with you, our friendship, and all the beautiful and broken places that we encounter. So you are most welcome to join us on this journey. Grab a cup of coffee, get settled in, and welcome home. Hello and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast, where we are continuing our journey in Lent, our journey through Father Jacques Philippe's uh, little book called Searching for Maintaining Peace. And can I just say, and I think Michelle and Heather, you would agree with me, it feels, don't you feel like Father Jacques Philippe is everywhere right now? Yeah. Like everywhere I go, people are like, oh my gosh, he was just in my parish. Mm-hmm. I'm like, can you come to my parish? <laughs> I know on our private Facebook group, like so many of our listeners are posting pictures of them with him and it's awesome. Yeah. He's so beautiful. Like he's so good. I don't Does he do Lenten parish missions? I don't know. Do you know Michelle? Obviously, that I think that's where all these different people are seeing him. I think he does Lytton Parish missions. And um, how do we get him at our parish? <laughs> is what I'm asking. I'm sure he's booked like several years out. Oh my gosh! Seriously, <laughs> yeah. I mean, choose any one of his books. He could talk about whatever. He could talk about the weather. Just come. You know, I want to hear your wisdom. You know, it'd be awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting. But we are. It's like, um, not like where's Waldo? Where's Father Jacques mm-hmm. Philippe? He's around the United States everywhere. So oh. what a beautiful thing to witness him and hear him speak and all of that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That would make for a powerful Lent. Yeah. That would be. But speaking of powerful Lent, Michelle, you just got to give a couple talks. Can you tell our listeners about your talks um, that you gave? Yeah. Oh, it was so beautiful to hear you share about them. Um, the For our Diocese of Pensacola, Tallahassee, they had a women's retreat and it was at the Visitation Monastery in Mobile, Alabama. And if you are ever near that area, you have to go visit that monastery. It was just so beautiful and enchanting and holy. And just, they have 19 cloister nuns there. And it is like Mm -hmm. a replica of a little town in France. And it is just lovely. It is Southern and French, my two favorite combinations. (laughs) And you could just feel when you got on the property that the place was just saturated in prayer. And uh, I was able to lead the women in our diocese on um, the four women doctors. So I got to do four different sessions on the four women doctors and their spirituality and have the women pray with that and go deeper than what we did for our podcast series on Mm. their spirituality. And it was just a gift. The whole thing was a gift. It was a gift to me. It was a gift to be with the women from um, my diocese. And it was a gift to be in that beautiful sacred space. It was interesting. I was speaking at the church, like in the church, and to the right is the glass where all the cloistered nuns are. And there was three (laughs) little nuns during one of the talk listening, cloistered nuns listening when I was speaking. And I was so trying not to look at them, you know, look in front of me, but I'm like, look at the cute little nuns right to the right of me, you know? And so it was just wonderful. It was wonderful. (laughs) And it was, I was telling the ladies, I texted my husband and I said, oh my gosh, you should see this place. You know, they have cloister nuns at it. And he's like, are you sure you weren't supposed to be a religious? And I was like, no, I just want a monastery. I want my own monastery. And I was like, no, I just want to borrow this beautiful monastery a lot. So yeah, it was a great, great experience. So I'm very thankful. And so, and actually, should we tell them where Heather is? She's actually in the the central time zone right now. (gasps) Welcome to the coolest time zone in the world. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I am. I'm so close yet so far away. I wish I could just like run over and see you guys this morning. 
I'm visiting my husband's family in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. So here we are in the deep south. It's our kids' spring break. So we're down here visiting all of his family. And it is like a different world. It's a fun world. It's a totally (laughs) different world. All the accents and the nonstop March Madness basketball on TV that's happening. And yeah, it's been great. It's been a great visit and super fun to be around everybody. All the different food. Oh, my goodness. Like... It does not feel like Lent right now, let me tell you. It has just been a feast, not famine here for sure. It's taken a lot of uh, a lot of discipline to not dive into everything that's going on. So, yeah, mm. it's been good. It's good to see mm. you guys. Again. I know, huh? Yeah, here we are. So we are, we are week five already, right? Week five. And uh, so we're going to talk about We're a almost bit. there, people. Say Hang what? on. We're almost I, there. We can do it. You can do it. Yeah, I know. Like, keep on. Keep on keeping on, y'all. Uh, so we're going to talk about, uh, we're still in section two, so part two. And today we're going to talk about uh, chapters 14 to 18. And the quote that's going to lead our discussion, uh, that's going to be the, the guiding quote for our discussion, is actually from John of the Cross. And it's on number 14 on page 61 uh, that says this, Love is able to profit from everything the good as well as the bad that it finds in me and to transform it into itself. So that's absolutely beautiful. Uh, it so hooks deeply. I thought a lot about our podcast from last week, even as we, um, you know, I still ponder, like, even as it's our own discussion, but I'm still pondering it myself and how often I need to hear what y'all have to say, you know, and uh, just like that desire to, to find a different life or the desire that the real life is out there elsewhere, but also that, you have to be a certain way to be loved or you have to be a certain way to really give the gift of yourself. And I um, was just really during mass today was very convicted of the ways that I have blamed God for my circumstances in life. And um, where I said to myself, well, I would be here except for this, or I would be here except for this. And just, it was a really beautiful moment in mass, you know, especially today we're recording ahead of time. So on this beautiful feast day, of, you know, Our Lady receiving the angel and receiving the message announced to her and saying yes, and that God works through all things. And it's just really, you know, when you talk about John of the Cross, and maybe we can share a bit about that quote, uh, that that love will profit if we open ourselves to God and we allow him into all the areas of our life, uh, the good as well as the bad, he will always profit from it. Um, but I really had to do some serious repenting today of just the ways that I have, like looking at my heart, I'm like, Ooh, yeah, that's true. Like, Oh Lord, if you hadn't allowed this to happen or if I would be here or whatever. And, and that, like we talked about, like the, this are all, all of our stories are the stuff that saints are made of. So it was just a really good re- reflection as we kind of go into the discussion today. Heather, what about you, sweet girl? Yeah. I think what was hitting me about this is just like how, how much we don't need to hide from God, you know, mm-hmm. and some Somehow we just, all of us as human beings feel that in different areas of our life, like that the shame will get to us. And this goes all the way back to the garden, you know, as we know, it's like when we sin, when we fall short, when we don't do what's right, we don't do what we, we know we should be doing. There's a part of us that just wants to hide away, that wants to cover up our weaknesses and make it look better. You know, um, Jake's grandma down here, I mean, she is as Southern as Southern gets. And one of her sayings is she goes, when she's talking about makeup, putting on makeup, and she says, powder and paint makes you what you ain't. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's a Southern saying for sure, girl. That should be your one thing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, she <laughs> is. She, she can be my one thing every week. She's amazing. But, <laughs> but yeah, and Jake and I were talking about that. My husband, Jake and I were talking about that. Just, 
in different ways, like how we cover up what is what is real, you know, to make it seem mm. like what it isn't. And and then we ever we never end up truly feeling known and seen because we're not allowing that to happen. And I love how Father Jock talks about this because it's like he's giving everybody permission as is God, you know, like, I mean, he's revealing a part of God's heart to say, it's okay to be weak before him because he can make everything beautiful. That's who he is. So I just, I just loved this topic for today. How about you, Michelle? Yeah. I loved how he approached it, our sinfulness. He's saying like, it is not an excuse to sin that he can use all things, you know, and make them good. Mm -hmm. But he's, is it a way to identify and look at our sins that we are wounded people and out of that woundedness we sin and that how did Jesus come? He said, the healthy are not in need of a doctor, the sick are indeed. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners like he uses the scripture in Matthew. Mm -hmm. And so he's telling us instead of being, you know, this um, hiding our sinfulness, our wallowing in our sinfulness, or beating ourselves up for sinfulness, just to really approach the throne of God with grace, with confidence that He will forgive us, that He is a Father that is constantly welcoming, welcoming us home, and that um, it's not something to hide. It is something to approach the Father with boldness and mercy, and really. The reasons why we don't approach the Father is a lot to do with our own pride. You know, we don't want to be the ones in need of mercy. We don't want to be the ones that are keep on falling, you know. And the beautiful part about the spiritual walk is when we fall, the saints are the ones that get back up again and start walking. We brush ourselves off with the sacraments and God, you know, gives us a kiss and said, I know that hurts. Now let's keep on going and let's keep on moving. And I think for me, like one of the things I just love is in the liturgy, Probably one of my favorite prayers, and I know this is funny, in Mass is, I confess to Almighty God and you, my brothers and sisters, that I have sinned through my own faults, you know, what I have done and what I have failed to do. And I ask the Blessed, you know, Virgin, all the angels and saints, you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. It is probably one of my favorite prayers. And my husband was like, why? I'm like, because it's basically saying, I'm a mess, you're a mess, we're all a mess, and we all need prayer. So everybody pray for us, because we're all equally messy, and let's do this, like, we're all sinful. We're all a mess, but together we can go on this journey of faith and together the Lord can reconcile us back mm -hmm. to him. And it's just mm -hmm. all, I feel like that prayer at the beginning of mass kind of levels the playing field. Like yeah. all of us are this way, you know, and mm -hmm. the God is just calling mm -hmm. us back home. Oh, and that's so true. And I, um, yeah, I like so much what he's saying there is like, it's not an excuse to sin or it's not an excuse to say like, Oh, well, this is just how I am, you know? And because I love later on, on page 63 in that same, uh, number 14, this is so good. He says it is necessary. Cause you're talking about like a confession of faults, like, like we're talking about repentance really. And, you know, he says it is necessary that we know how to distinguish true repentance and a true desire to correct our faults, which is always, and this is so great, always gentle, peaceful, and trustful, from a false repentance and from that remorse that troubles, discourages, and paralyzes. Mm -hmm. And don't we, I, I think we, all of us know the difference, like we've all had that same thing of like, you know, somebody was giving an example this weekend, one of the priests in a homily about that game, two truths and a lie, you know, mm -hmm. where it's things that are true and then there's something slipped in there. And so like, that's what happens sometimes is we see our faults or we see, you know, the areas we need to convert and it's true. Right. But then Satan slips in there and start to discourage or paralyze. And it's such a, you know, how he's just like this insidious enemy. And, um, so father Jacques Philippe goes on to say, um, the feelings that come from the spirit of God, um, can be very powerful and profound, but peace is the essential criterion in the discernment of spirits. Mm -hmm. Oh, let's mm -hmm. just mic drop on that one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. it's so true that the deep interior peace, 
peace. Um, even though on the, on the surface, that might things might seem challenging or whatever, but there's that deep interior peace where Christ resides, where he resides with the Father. That's abiding. It's the, the deep interior parts. And um, I think especially for all you type A people out there, do we not know like, okay, got to do this and this and this and this and this, and things are revealed to us. And to be very careful about the, the ways that the enemy seeks to really not lead us to true repentance, but to slip in some lies in there uh, that, that often discourage us or trouble us. Mm-hmm. And I think the flip side of that is what Michelle had touched on earlier, is that I, I love this quote that he says here, nothing cools love quite like resigning oneself to mediocrity. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about that in terms of like a, an over acceptance of our weakness, you know, to the mm-hmm. point that it's like, well, this is just who I am. You know, this mm-hmm. is just my weakness. There's nothing I can really do. But I mean, I've tried, you know, but I'm just not getting anywhere. And that's very like self-focused. And and it's fear-based, I think, as well. You know, Ooh, talk like, more about that. Yeah, I think it's scary. It's scary to look at our weakness. It's scary to rip it wide open before God because we also have to look at it at the same time when we do that. We have to acknowledge it. And I think most of us want to live with sort of a numbed out perspective of even our own weaknesses. We don't want to look at it. It's easier to stay busy and to just do a whole bunch of things or fill our life with good deeds or people or Netflix or whatever it might be rather than looking within our own hearts. Like that can be Mm -hmm. the most frightening place to go. Mm -hmm. And, And I think it can be if we go there alone. But we should never be afraid to open up the mm-hmm. weakest parts of our heart with Jesus there with us. I mean, that's exactly mm-hmm. where he wants to go. And we see that over and over and over again in the scriptures, that that's precisely where he goes with people. If you open up the Bible, that's where you're going to find him is talking to some broken person. <laughs> I mean, he's usually not hanging out with the elite, you know, kicking it old school on the beach. Like he's not <laughs> doing that. You know, he's he is with the sinner. He is with with the weak and with the broken. And he draws close to the brokenhearted. That's what that's what scripture says. So mm-hmm. um, I think it, it is very scary to do that if we're alone. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to things we talk about constantly. Mm-hmm. If God is who he says he is, if he is loving and kind and a good father, we should never be afraid mm-hmm. to come to him with our mm-hmm. weakness. Michelle, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah. And I think what stumbles in our way is like we were talking a little bit before, it's just that sin of pride and the sin of looking deeper and this weekend when I was um, talking about the four women doctors and we were talking about like self-possession, like to be self-possessed and St. Teresa of Avila talks about it a lot. And so some of the women, and it's a John Paul II term that he uses a lot in theology of the body too, like in personhood, like what does it mean to be self-possessed? Mm-hmm. So the women were asking like, what exactly do you mean by that? And I was like, self-knowledge. Yeah. Like what, not only do we have to be a student of the people around us, but we have to be a student of ourselves. We have to be a student of our hearts. And we talk a lot about on this podcast, like a heart language, mm-hmm. to be able to understand what's going on in our own hearts, to be an understanding why we do what we do and ask the deeper questions. Like the things, the areas that we're sinning, there's a deeper reason why we're sinning. Yeah. And he talks about that. He says, dominate, like really figure out why you're sinning, why these passions mm-hmm. are happening, you know? So to ask the deeper questions and to really learn to be a student of mm-hmm. oneself, to say, okay, Lord, why is, why am I falling back into the sin? Mm -hmm. You know, um, you want more. And he goes on to say like, 
that um, he can help us with this. When we lay down our pride, the Lord wants to sanctify us, but usually we're too prideful to even ask for that sanctification. Like he's like, he wants to change us from glory to glory. We're like, oh, it's a little bit painful, you know? And this past week we used that quote from Flannery O'Connor, you know, we all love grace, but grace <laughs> changes us and great and it's painful. So we don't want grace that much. Mm-hmm. We don't want to change. You know, we rather stay comfortable and we rather stay complacent than really do what, needs to be changed because it's like ripping mm-hmm. off a bandaid and an open wound. And you really do have an open wound and we really just do just have like a little character bandaid on it and it's still bleeding out mm-hmm. around the bandaid. But we feel like, oh my gosh, but I still can't take this bandaid off. Like if I take it off, ooh, that'll be really messy, you know, and not just to be afraid of the mess, but it goes back to Heather, what she was saying, like, how do we see God? Yeah. He is merciful. It's really, and I love the um, scripture says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. And we really don't have an obedience problem. Mm-hmm. We have a love problem because it says, if you love me, you mm-hmm. will obey my commandments, you know? And so do we trust the father's love, mm-hmm. you know, for us, mm-hmm. with us, through us, in us? And we have to also see that the enemy is going to be at work, especially oh, yeah. in how we view our own weaknesses. And he always seems to like, plant something that wants to take us away from God, you know, like that makes us believe we shouldn't be in God's presence or, you know, twist something. I was just talking to somebody the other day who was saying they're really struggling with their pastor and some things that are happening at their church. And they were like, I just don't even want to go to church because it's so hard, you know, to be there like with this person. And, and I said, but isn't that what the enemy would want is to just is to take you away from Jesus, mm-hmm. from close, because it really has nothing to do with that mm-hmm. person. Like, I mean, it's about getting getting close to Jesus when we're at Mass, um, but just how the enemy snuck in. And I think he does that very same thing with mm-hmm. our weaknesses, that he will lead us to believe that because we're weak, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't place ourselves in the presence of God, that we should avoid him until we get our crap together. You know, I mean, it's so typical of how the enemy works. But if we're not dialing in, like you're saying, Michelle, Mm -hmm. that self-knowledge and awareness and keeping our eyes wide open and not numbing ourselves, then the enemy will so subtly like plant these things in our heart to take Mm -hmm. us away from from the the only one who can do anything about it. And and the only one who will love us so deeply in our weakness, which is what we want. Right. Mm -hmm. We don't want someone to love us when we're all put together. We want someone who will love us just as we are. And especially in our deepest pain mm-hmm. and sorrow. What do you think, sister? And that's very true. And I think, you know, that is the kind of love that we long for the most and that we fear at the same time. Like it's this fascinating oh, paradox yes. in the human heart of so deeply wanting to be intimate and then fearing it at the same time and like what might happen or what might the outcome be. And and that's very true. Our sins serve a purpose. Our sins are not arbitrary. They, they're serving, in a sense, a purpose of something that we're hungering for or that we're trying to medicate or we're trying to reinforce some belief about ourselves or belief about God. And so, you know, to always ask the Holy Spirit, like, Holy Spirit, like, why am I doing that? Like, show me the root, you know, show me the root of this. Like, what is this tendency? And because the Holy Spirit plums the depths of our hearts, you know, the Holy Spirit it penetrates us beyond our own understanding. Be, I mean, I love the catechism quote that talks about the human heart when, where the spirit exists, like the, the God makes a covenant with us, you know, in the depths of our being that goes beyond anything we can rationally even comprehend, that it just goes to the core of who we are. So asking the Holy Spirit, like, Holy Spirit, just reveal to me, reveal myself to me, like why, you know, reveal this tendency or, and that's very true. And I, that's, that's Therese through and through, you know, we talked about St. Therese so many times of her little way of turning toward the Lord. When that's the last thing sometimes we want to do, you know, is to, when we sin or to see those parts of us and to 
with an act of our will, many times just turning our face to the Lord and saying, Lord, I, I don't feel like you love me. I don't feel like I can love myself, but I, I'm just, I'm just going to turn my face towards you. I'm just going to ask you to speak to me, you know, and just how many times, you know, I just, my own experience of Jesus and all the things that he tells me about myself, I have never once, I can honestly say that because it's true. I've never once had an experience of being judged in a sense by Jesus like that. When I'm with him in my, pre- in his presence and I'm, he sees me through and through, I don't feel inferior. I don't feel uh, less than. I don't feel m- diminished. It's a fascinating because I've, I've in the presence of some people. I do like when you reveal your your heart to them. Many times you feel stupid. I'm like, oh, geez, I wish I wouldn't have said that to that person, you know. And so that's many times how I can compare like the spirit of the Lord versus other spirits of like, what's what's my interior kind of disposition right now? You know, what is this eliciting from me? And and when I go back to the Lord, what is He saying in the deepest parts of me that He loves me, and that He sees me through and through? And in that seeing me, He He loves me and calls me to Himself ever more deeply, which. It's, it's such a love so great. We almost say that's got to be too good to be true, but it's not. Yeah. I loved how he jumps into um, the part about discernment. I, I think, Michelle, you were saying that as well before we started. And um, I, thought, I just thought this would be a great part of the conversation to just sort of shift gears just for a second. Mm. Uh, it all fits together, obviously. But I love how he just laid out these simple points about discernment and making decisions. And I just wrote down, uh, be slow. He says, when you're making a big decision... Mm-hmm. Do it slowly. Analyze the situation. Be clear about your motives, whether you have a pure heart or it's for personal gain. Pray for the light of the Holy Spirit and the grace to act in conformity to the will of God. Ask advice of people. And if you're at a complete loss, get a spiritual director. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all need that? Oh, my gosh. I mean, that's my own words. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just thought that was so good because I think a lot of us really struggle to listen and and discern and understand the voice of God and where he's leading. So I, for me, I thought I want to write this down as literally like the next time that I need to discern something very clearly, I want to go through these, these steps. And I especially love the one about be clear about your motives because I, I think that that is a, a really important part of the spiritual life is to be checking our motives always. Like, why am I responding to God this way? Mm-hmm. Or why am I not responding to God this way? Why am I doing what I'm doing right now? Like, who is this for exactly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just good questions to ask. Mm-hmm. Michelle, what did you like about that section? Yeah, I loved it. Just rules of um, discernment. I love it. And they're very uh, complimentary, like to the rules of discernment that St. Ignatius gives also. But I love the quote that he says, the general stance of abandonment and confidence of which we have spoken, this approach of putting everything into the hands of God, which enable us enables us to avoid dramatizing anything, even the consequences that our errors might um, come about, will be particularly precious in these situations of incertitude. We will, and I love this because when he says, hands of God, which enables us to avoid dramatizing, I was like, oh, insert Michelle right here. You know, like <laughs> I have to make this decision. Like let's dramatize how big this decision is. Let me lament over this decision. Let me think like, you know, that this is a world issue over this decision that I have to discern. Like God, stop the world from spinning because I have to make a decision. And where are you? Oh, it's, we all love a little drama, don't we? That's so true. You know, like that was so me. Yeah. I was just like, yes, thank you very much, Lord. You know, so great. it was interesting. Like, um, just going through that. And, uh, I did have a spiritual direction this past week and just talking and he said, Michelle, like you need to discern whether this is desolation, like the way you are like about a decision, this is desolation. Like this, this is an attack from the enemy is what he's saying. Or this is just a hard consolation. Like God is consoling you 
but it's a hard consolation because for you to step out in this, it's going to mean that you are going to have to surrender and that it's bigger than you and that you're going to have to depend on God's grace in a way that you've never seen. Mm. And he said, and you will know that by the peace, you know, the, the peace that comes with the decision. Like there is a peace and you have to sit in that decision, you know, um, one way or another to see like which one it is and you pray about it and you discern. But he said, it's not fast. It is slow. Ooh, girl. You know, and I think right now when this, we are in Lent and it is a time of the desert and when you're in a desert, you also have to let, like, God is not going to let you build a well in the desert. He's not going to let you build a little oasis or a little place. He's going to lead you out of the desert. Mm. But there's nothing that you can do to make yourself get out of the desert quicker. It has, is only following his lead. And there's like step by step, mm-hmm. you know. And like I've said often before, I mean, the Lord is never on time. I mean, never. He's always on time. He's never early, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, his timetable is so different than ours. Mm-hmm. And just these beautiful decisions and it is okay if we are seeking and we are praying and we're doing, and if it doesn't work, mm. like he says, it's okay if it fails <laughs> or because in the Lord, it's not a failure. Thank God. You yeah. know, if we have confidence in him, he will make straight out of our crooked lines. You know, we are stepping, we are trusting, we're believing in him. And I think a lot of us are paralyzed to make any kind of decision because we're afraid that it's going to be the wrong mm. decision, you know? But if we are abandoning ourselves to the Lord, if we are surrendering, or if we are placing it into his hands, even, you know, the things that are a little off, he will make right in his time and his purpose. Yeah. So true. Yeah. What about you, sister? Well, I love that. And I, I can just say on 74, I love this prayer, which is such a great prayer. I'm thinking of writing it down and putting it on my desk. Um, can I just read it to our listeners? But it's in section 16. Um, so this this is it, y'all. This is exactly what Michelle's talking about. So here are Father Jacques' words about that, about the decisions that we make that are still difficult for us. And we want to go back and forth and back and forth. Sometimes we just need to make a decision. So he says this, Lord, I have thought about it and prayed to know your will. I do not see it clearly, but I am not going to trouble myself any further. I'm not going to spend hours racking my brain. I'm deciding such and such a thing because all things carefully considered, it seems to me the best thing to do. And I leave everything in your hands. I know well that even if I am mistaken, you will not be displeased with me, for I have acted with good intentions. And if I have made a mistake, I know that you are able to draw good from this error. It will be a source of humility, and I will learn something from it, and I remain at peace. Wow, I was like, Amen. so good. That that I think that takes a lot of trust to make a prayer like that, but it's very true. Like I, I'm, yeah, such a great, really guideline for our life, and um. You know, like he says, and also in number 18 as well, he quotes Trez, uh, in a sense like Trez saying, you know, this is the fundamental principle is I will never become discouraged. The sting, it hurts, you know, like, the, the, and the sting can be so overwhelming sometimes mm-hmm. that we don't lift our eyes beyond that. You know, the sting of like, mm-hmm. oh man, I messed up. I did yes. something wrong and I hurt somebody in the process or I affected oh. a situation. That's mm-hmm. the worst feeling because it's not what we want. Like, I don't think most of us intentionally try to hurt people. Like, that's not really most of us, like the mode that we operate in. So when it happens, we're so shocked by the, oh, oh, geez, like that wasn't what I intended to do, but it happened and I can't fix it, you know, and we're faced with the sting of like our weakness or, you know, an uncomfortable situation. 
and we don't often lift our eyes beyond the sting. We just stay right there. We're just like, ah, uh, we just keep yeah. feeling that pain, you know, instead of lifting our eyes to Jesus and going, wow, Lord, this is exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. As you said, Michelle, a couple of weeks ago, you said your spiritual director was talking about, you know, these are things that you need to do in the moment. Like, it's not just an idea. So the same for us, we're talking about in moments of weakness, like we're not just talking about generalized things. It's actually in those moments where we fail, where are we going to lift our eyes and what are we going to do? I love in Father Jock's prayer that you just read, sister, he's very determined in certain things. Mm -hmm. He's very decisive in what he's saying. Mm -hmm. Like he's making decisions in that prayer. And and I think we also need to have that same disposition of like we... We have to participate with the grace, you know? Yes, we have to open up ourselves to whatever God is doing, but we also have to participate and do our part. And I think one way we can do that is by making decisions that are good, that go beyond our feelings, you know, but draw us in uh, closer to Him. And I love in the last chapter where they were talking about, and he says, keep your heart open and always in the hands of divine providence, whether for great things or small, and obtain for your heart more and more the spirit of gentleness and tranquility. It is my wish that you should have a large and open heart on the way to our Lord. And I just love that. And it was so interesting reading that chapter. I actually read it this morning because I had read the other ones. And it was interesting because when I was praying this weekend when I was on retreat, that's one of the things the Lord really convicted me of is a, um, an open heart. Like he said, you know, your heart can be, um, cause I, you know, there are parts when you get hurt or you hurt someone else, you want to close your heart or you want to self-preserve. And the Lord was really challenging me. He's like, but I want you to keep your heart open and it's okay if it's pierced because that's mean it's love because the alternative is being closed and self-preserved. And it was like a, just a total mental switch in my mind saying, okay, this is a beautiful open heart and I can continue like, and even though it hurts, he's using this hurt to transform something in me and the other people. And the alternative of closing it is um, not fruitful and it's not life giving and it's damaging, you know, because a heart needs to be fully open and beating and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, that's so good. It's like, do we really want to live the full life? Yeah. Or not? You know, like it seems so clear sometimes when we just strip it all away. It's like, do we really want to live the full life or not? And if we do, you know, then then these are the things it's going to take raw vulnerability, open hearts, you know, like be willing to put it out there before. Him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Just in the spirit of all honesty, my Internet totally just crashed. And I'm sure whatever you guys just said was wonderful. <laughs> I have no idea what you said because you froze and then everything totally crashed. So I'm like frantically trying to look at my desk and figure out the Internet connection. Oh, we just um, thought you see, were silent because you were just in awe of what was being said. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Her face is like stuck in a frozen position of just just her jaw drop. She can't even I speak right now. <laughs> Has she, was she taken up into the clouds? We haven't seen her. Uh, yeah, this is like our real life. So Michelle has left me. She's on Instagram right now. Michelle's like, you're dead to me. If you can't answer within four seconds, I'm just going to leave you for Instagram. All right, that's what's happening, people. No, baby. This was the enunciation, <laughs> not the assumption. Wrong feast day, sister. You didn't go to heaven. You're here with us. Come on. Oh, Lord. Okay, here we go. Uh, I just, so I just want to close um, just by on page 82. And I love uh, what... Father Jacques Philippe here is saying, and he's actually quoting St. Paul in his letter to Philippians. And he says, um, Father Jacques says this, and if we persevere in such a way, right, as, as Therese, just the small, gentle way in prayer, and with these small acts of collaboration with grace, we will be able to live the words of St. Paul, who says, do not be anxious. Instead, give thanks in all your prayers and petitions and make your request known to God. 
And God's peace, which is beyond all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And this peace nobody can take from us. So we just ask you, Holy Spirit, right now, that you would come and make yourself known within each of our hearts. I pray that you as a spirit of peace, that you would speak to us very deeply. I pray that in your powerful and gentle way, you would wash away areas of anxiety or discouragement. And we pray, Lord Jesus, through your precious blood, that you would come against any ways the enemy is trying to steal peace from us or fill us with discouragement or overwhelm. Lord Jesus, you are king and you are sovereign and you are leading this journey and you will make all things right. And at this moment, we surrender our hearts to you and we allow ourselves to be seen by you. And we bring to you in great faith the tender parts of our hearts, of our stories. And we ask that your face would radiate upon them. And Mother Mary, just in a very powerful way on this day, we turn to you. We just ask your intercession, you who are all beautiful, you who are the mother of God himself. We pray, Mother, that you would intercede for us, that your spouse, the Holy Spirit, would announce to us the good news of Christ's salvation for each of us in our stories. You, Lord Jesus, who make all things right. And we thank you and we praise you. Amen. Amen. Um, so before my internet crashes again, can I give you my one thing? Because <laughs> like who yes. knows what's gonna happen. So so Heather's go, sister go. Heather's playlist. Um I love Heather's playlist because she makes the best playlists. And she has one about give us peace, literally. And so there's a song on there that I love. It's called it's by the group House Fires. And I think that was my another one thing last week, but this is a different song called Build My Life. And it's been on my heart a lot lately. And I've woken I've woken up with those words in my on my mouth really as I woke up in the morning. And um it's really beautiful. So that's my one thing for the week. And after I told Heather that, Heather's like, Well, it's about time you build your life on Christ. So amen, <laughs> people. Like, you know, better late than never. Would so. you like to sing it for us? Maybe you want to sing. Go ahead. Just share your favorite. Oh, Heather part. should sing Come to on. us one time. We should do a podcast of like Heather's singing over oh, us. Oh, stop it. Seriously. <laughs> and can we be the can we be the judges like the voice in the week? Yeah. Good Lord. This is like my worst nightmare. Okay. And it's like, and we're done here. Okay. Heather, what's your one thing? And girl? if anybody else wants to get that podcast, if you're just or the um, playlist, if you're just hearing about that for the first time, uh, you can follow on Spotify. You can just look up my name. It's in there. Playlist is called Grant S Peace or join our um, private Facebook group and we've posted it in there mm-hmm. as well. So since I'm talking, I'll just go right ahead. Uh, my, one just thing, go, my one thing is I was at uh, the pastoral council meeting uh, with our archbishop in Vancouver. I'm on his pastoral council and we were just having dinner and such beautiful people uh, in that group. I just really, really appreciate the voices that they bring to the table. And there was a couple of women there. And as I was walking by, I just said, hey, how's it going? And they're like, oh, I'm missing my group tonight that I meet with, you know, to go over your podcast. And the other one says, yeah, mine's on Friday or whatever. And there was a guy sitting at the table and I go, oh, Derek, when's your group? And he's like, well, my wife's group is Thursdays, like seriously. <laughs> I, was just, I just laughed so hard because I wasn't expecting it. And I I just find myself so surprised and humbled every time mm-hmm. that I hear people are 
taking this little podcast and, and making something beautiful in their life with it, that they're connecting with other people and meeting in small groups. And so my one thing is all the people who are meeting in small groups to listen to the podcast, to have your own conversations, not because you're listening to us, but because Mm -hmm. it's inspiring your own journey, your own connections with one another. And so shout out to all of you for the time that you're making and being intentional about that. Good job. Good job. Mm -hmm. Michelle, what's your one thing? My one thing is looking a little bit ahead for Easter and um, two of my really dear friends and they're both creative artists have both designed some beautiful things for your Easter table. And if there's one thing that you know about me, I love to set a table. Yes, she does. I love to set a table. And Oh, I, think, I love your one thing right now. I know what it is. It is. And is it so, sweet well, there's beans? two. Okay, yes. No, no jelly beans yet. It's not, shh, it's still Lent. Good Lord. Um, anyway, so Erica from Be A Heart Design has designed these beautiful Easter place um, settings like in their paper plates, but they are gorgeously designed with napkins and cups and, um, you know, straws and they are so much fun. And then my good friend, Jill from pink salt riot also designed this really cool cake topper, you know, that says hallelujah. And I just love Uh. both of them. And I got my box with Erica's plates in it this week. And I was like, these are like little tools of hospitality, like little tools yeah. of love. They are just beautiful. And it makes, I love that they're paper because you can throw them away, mm-hmm. you know, but it's something to like to set a beautiful table. And it really got me thinking, like I was just looking at the, they're so well designed. They got me looking at the plates, but I was thinking, prepare a feast. This is a feast. This is mm-hmm. the, you know, culmination. This is the Super Bowl of our faith. Yeah, like, is, you mm-hmm. know, just to really prepare a feast for him and, um, you know, for this Easter celebration. And it's not for us, you know, to do more, stress ourselves out and it's not Pinterest worthy, but it is to make something beautiful because we're celebrating a beautiful feast day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I will put I the links that. to both of those things, um, on our show notes. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? You can leave us a rating, leave us a review on iTunes. That helps us get the message out to as many people as possible. If you would like the show notes emailed to you, you can go to ascensionpress.com forward slash abiding together. That's ascensionpress.com forward slash abiding together and enter your email address click the subscribe button and the show notes will be on their way to you every week you can also find the show notes on the ascension press website as well as each episode on the itunes podcast app you'll find everything there you can join our private facebook group and join our community and just get in on everything that's going on we love to hear from you send us an email give us a shout out we are happy to be on the journey with you and until next week we will be abiding together Thank you so much.